you. Yeah, you. The one hearing us right now. Welcome to Cryptic Soup. I'm Thena. And I'm Kylie. We wanted to say hey and tell you about our podcast. It's a podcast we both host where we talk crimes, cryptids, murders, and a lot of wild stuff in between. You can find Mothman, Jeffrey Dahmer, SeaWorld, Spectrophilia, Casey Anthony, or even Skinwalker Ranch to be just a few of the crazy topics we cover. We even do some fun urban legends to make you feel like a kid at the campfire again. We're just two best friends hanging out, diving into all the things that your coworkers think you're a weirdo for wanting to talk about. We have a new episode every Tuesday at 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we're always open for case suggestions. Our Instagram is at Cryptic Soup Pod, where our DMs are always open, so slide on in. We always want to hear your opinions about any cases and episodes we cover. You can find our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and most podcasting platforms. At Cryptic Soup Pod, the menu is always overflowing with crazy topics you'll want to hear about. So join the conversation today and come hang out with us. Stay tuned. Crime Scene and Cupcakes is an independent podcast created in the Anchor app, funded mainly through advertising. The podcast often has coarse language and disturbing content. Please listen wisely. Hey guys, it's Marianne, dog mom, baker, true crime podcast maker, and I am here with a new episode of Crime Scene and Cupcakes. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the Athena Brownfield case. But we're not going to go into it intensely because our friends over at Cryptic Soup Pod are going to be doing a case coming out about the Athena Brownfield case. And they are amazing. They're going to do an intense episode over this. So we're not covering a lot, but I wanted to kind of do a boots on the ground coverage of this. And I also wanted to cover a few other little housekeeping things. Number one, um, I'm on my portable mic right now. It's my little tripod mic that I will take with me when I am out doing my things I do. Believe it or not, I am not always just sitting in my nice cozy room with my dogs. I go out in the community and I try to help where I can. And so right now I am on my portable mic and you will hear dogs in the background. So I just want to say those are not my dogs. I want to clear that up right here now. Those are not my dogs that are kicking up that ruckus because I would never allow my dogs to do that. Not saying anything against the people whose dogs those are. But those are not my dogs. My dogs know better than that. That's housekeeping number one. Housekeeping number two is friends of ours on the Uncovered website have just started a podcast in regards to the Brittany Wood case. It is called Unforgotten. I really want you guys, if you get a chance, if you could go check out their podcast, leave a review. Uh, it's amazing. They're doing such a good job. They have done so much in trying to find Brittany Wood, trying to get this case 
trying to work so hard with investigators. So please try to just listen to the case, drop a review if you can. It is so important to find and get this information out and to find these victims. They deserve to be found. I just wanted to do those two pieces of housekeeping. Now, let's get into it. I know this case has just been capturing so many people's attention. And again, there is going to be a lot of noise in the background of this podcast, but I really wanted to get this out there because this podcast is more than just about Athena Brownfield. And and I think this touches on the subject matter because we're going to talk about unregulated adoptions. But I really wanted to touch on the Athena Brownfield case And we had talked about it a little bit on our last podcast. And I know it's captured so many people's attention. So if you guys remember, on January 10th at around 2 p.m., that's when Athena Brownfield was first reported missing because a mail carrier was outside a home on 225 West Nebraska Avenue in Surreal, Oklahoma. When they found a five-year-old girl outside alone. Now, this little girl was Athena Brownfield's sister, Adina. And the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation said the five-year-old girl was outside the home, no caregiver, nobody with them. And the postal carrier was somewhat familiar with the situation around this household. They knew something was wrong pretty quick here carrier called 911 and the little girl was placed into protective custody. Now, she did not require medical attention. That was something a lot of people questioned, but they did say that she was extremely frightened, you know, as would be when you're a little girl and you're all alone. But, you know, the big thing was by that night, Hundreds, I mean hundreds of volunteers began the search for four-year-old Athena Brownfield. The um, Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation took over everything that was going on with the investigation. And one of the things that gets me is, you know, some people say, well, the rumor mill starts and everything goes on because there's been no communication from law enforcement. The OSBI, I think, has been extremely thoughtful of making sure they're touching base along with the Oklahoma Highway Patrol. I mean, they have really been trying to keep in touch with media, but that has not stopped so many people from just kicking up the rumor mill, which just really frustrates me. But, okay, gonna step off that for a minute. But so the OSBI tapes off that the home that Athena Brownfield was staying at. They execute a search warrant and they are just trying to find Athena. So by Wednesday morning, a news conference is held. And as the OSBI says, you know, they were in contact with Athena's parents. And by later that afternoon, when asked where the parents were by media, authorities just said, you know, we're going to decline to answer that information right now because it's part of an ongoing investigation. And authorities continue to state that they do not want 
that information passed around the internet. Now, we know that information is accessible. We know you guys can get a hold of that information. We know it's out there, but we're honoring the request of the OSBI and the OHP. Now, the combined efforts of law enforcement, they asked for help. They asked for people to come together. There was a command post set up at the Family Life Church. And this case just really touches. It's about 195 miles from Wichita, Kansas. So it was like, oh my God, this, this is just horrific. There has got to be something more going on here. And of course, obviously there is. The combined efforts of law enforcement agencies like the OSBI and the OHP, I mean, there's been helicopters, infrared cameras, people on horseback, ATVs, of course, canine units, grid searches, and so many volunteers from the community and so many people. I mean, everybody just flocks. People want to help and people flock to the surreal community. And what was so incredible is that the town businesses, such as the restaurants and everything, they started bringing in water and food and any type of supplies they could to help the volunteers. And again, you know, like I said, the command post was set up at the Family Life Church and they said, you know, hey, anybody with camera footage. And again, this town just responded. And I just want to say Surreal, Oklahoma is just incredible about how they just wanted to respond to help. And the elements of the town on Wednesday, it's just cold. It's the wind is just horrible. It's so hard for the animals to get a scent. You know, even fluffy-eared animal. It, it's just, it, it's horrific, but everybody is sticking in there, no matter the temperatures, no matter what's going on. And, and that's what I wanted to say, is just how commendable everybody is for the one purpose, to find Athena Brownfield. Now, the KOCO5 News they had questioned whether the Department of Human Services had been in contact with the, the Brownfield family before her disappearance. And, of course, DHS said they were unable to discuss child welfare cases because they are confidential by state and federal statutes. And also, you know, they had asked the OSBI if that regurgitating what had happened at these media conferences because, again, I feel like it's important and I want people to hear that piece. Rather than go off on these other tangents, I want you to remember and state the Department of Human Services, Child Welfare. Oh, I want you to remember those pieces. OSBI ended up sending volunteers home on Wednesday and brought in bloodhound teams from the Oklahoma Department of Corrections to search a few specific areas. And then on Thursday morning, and this is the search and rescue people that they had sent home. And then on Thursday morning, the town of Surreal, uh, they canceled trash pickup. And um, now they had been finding evidence essentially throughout the town. And um, 
the basically what they think could be possible evidence. They haven't been able to conclude if it 100% is or not. But what I found so interesting is when they canceled trash service until further notice, people just lined their trash up along the side of the road and said, like, hey, come look at it, come take it, make sure it. You guys, we're, we're again, Surreal is here to help law enforcement. We are on your side and we want to help with whatever you need. And to me, those pictures, that everything to me said so much. Now, by Thursday afternoon, Alicia Adams, who was the caregiver at the time of Athena Brownfield, she was arrested on two complaints of child neglect. And again, those complaints are related to Brownfield and her five-year-old sister, who was found by the postal worker. And after almost a week of searching, the OSBI has now said the efforts have transitioned from a missing person to a recovery operation. Now, that means they are searching for remains. Um, authorities have also arrested Ivan Adams. Ivan Adams is suspected in Athena's disappearance and was arrested on counts of first-degree murder and child neglect. And now we don't know specifically if that first-degree murder is from another case or if that first-degree murder specifically states for Athena. Um, authorities announced Friday that Adams was arrested Thursday in Arizona. So again, authorities are having to search between Oklahoma and Arizona because Ivan had arrived in Arizona. Authorities announced Friday that Adams was arrested Thursday in Arizona and booked into Maricopa County Jail. He is being held on a $1 million cash bond and awaiting extradition to Oklahoma. Court documents show that the subject was arrested due to an outstanding felony warrant out of Oklahoma for murder in the first degree and child neglect. On Thursday, um, the OSBI announced, you know, again, we're talking about Alicia Adams and Ivan Adams are both, you know, arrested. Now, Ivan and Alicia Adams, they were the ones in charge of looking after the two girls for at least a year. Athena's biological parents have been interviewed by agents and are said to be cooperating with the investigation. Authorities are not saying why Athena and her five-year-old sister were not in their parents' care. If you want to help in this case... Anybody with Athena's location is asked to have uh, contact the OSBI tip line at 1-800-522-8017 or email tips at osbi.ok.gov. And as of Monday, January 16th, this is extremely important. OSBI has asked the public to not self-deploy to search for Athena's remains. OSBI officials said people who search could be trespassing or worse. They are interfering with the investigation by contaminating potential evidence. So, unless you are specifically part of the ERT or 
you are part of the OSBI search teams, you are not to be out there searching on your own. Now, many people are questioning what happened with Athena and Adina, who they were with, where were their parents, was child services involved? And with all of these questions, I just thought this is a good it's just a perfect time to bring up another person and a project that is very active on TikTok. And it's something else you could be doing in the meantime as we're waiting for information to come through on Athena. And rather than spreading rumors or misinformation or all this other stuff, let's let's do something and let's learn about something else. Um, let me share with you what a TikToker named Krista, again, I love her name, Krista, and she's at Carpuzzi, and she has been opening people's eyes, and she's definitely opened my eyes to something, this crazy phenomenon, and there is this Facebook page, and it's full of ads to rehome adopted children. What did you say? exactly what I just said. A Facebook page to rehome kids, like rehoming a pet. So now, thanks to this TikTok, people are becoming aware of this because I know I was, I had seen this one Web of Lies episode, but I figured, okay, after this episode came out, nobody's going to be doing this anymore. That Web of Lies episode, that is sure as hell going to stop anything like this from ever happening again. But, oh my God, I was wrong. I have been watching so many of her lives and so many of her active page showings that it's like, I cannot believe this is happening, people. It's called, the, the page is called Second Chance Adoption. And it's a program by Wasatch International Adoptions that allows adoptive parents to find a new home for their adoptees. The agency posts descriptions and photos of children available, children available for redoption on their Facebook page. Again, second chance adoption. Now the TikToker, Krista, she made a video just ripping this apart. I thought she was being very kind. People maybe didn't think so, but I thought she was being very nice considering the things I would have said. But she was basically talking about the language that's being used on these Facebook posts. So on December 13th, Krista's video, one of Krista's videos reached over 470,000 views. In her video, Krista reads through the agency's post, which describes one of the children as compliant, usually obedient, and a good eater. What the hell, people? Who the hell uses those words to describe a child? And as Krista says, he's not a dog, she says in the video. They are literally describing this child like you would see ads for dog in a shelter. 
and Krista, who was adopted herself, goes on to explain how posts like this might allow people to exploit adopted children. Now, she had stated in the video the fact that the first thing they decided to describe this child as is compliant. That's an open invitation to anyone with malicious intent. And, and she's exactly right. How many child groomers, sex traffickers, anybody with a really, really horrible thoughts towards children are going to hear the word compliant and go, well, that's right up my street. Hey, yeah, I'm looking for a compliant child. So the Wasatch International Adoptions, it is a fully licensed by the U.S. State Department, and it has been since 1997. Now, on Saturday, following Krista's post on December 13th, the agency made a post on the Second Chance Adoptions Facebook page, clarifying its program. It said all Second Chance adoptive parents must meet strict requirements. Children who come into the program need new homes to thrive and develop the post reads. The original adoptive family may be struggling, but so is the child. He or she needs different environment to heal. Okay, I, I, I get that and, and I agree, but is Facebook Marketplace the place to do that? So, back to what Krista states in her post. So, in her video, Krista points out that there is an underground market for adopted children on Facebook. Now, in 2013, Reuters, I don't know if I'm saying that right, Reuters, 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 I don't know how to say it. They released a sweeping investigation on these private internet-facilitated adoptions finding, in some instances, severe abuse. That is severe abuse. Their words, not mine. Now, many commenters on Krista's video were very critical of the Second Chance Adoption Program. Several questioned the program's legality. Though the program, again, is fully licensed. One person stated, this looks like trafficking. How in the hell is this legal? And others were upset that adoptive parents would just put their children up for readoption. Um, and this is in an article by Dot, and I'm going to put the sources that we used for this. Um, others were upset, and one person said, I just scrolled through their page and cannot believe some of the things I read. One child's who was seven years old, their adopted parents said that he will never heal and they decided to just give up. Other people took issues with the way the agency described the child. Why put so much emphasis on obedience unless you have bad intentions and you don't want him sticking up for himself? I mean, there is so many descriptions on their obedience, but also how they look like. Like this child, like 
it, 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 just, it just blows my mind. So the illegal rehoming of a child is also known as unregulated custody transfer. Now, it's when parents transfer. I want you guys, okay, remember we're coming back full circle here. I need you guys to pay attention if you've been listening now. The legal rehoming of children is also known as unregulated custody transfer. This is when parents transfer the physical custody of their child to a person who is not the child's parent, step-parent, grandparent, or other adult relative, friend, family, member of whom the child is familiar to permanently avoid taking responsibility for the child's care. Also, without taking responsible and reasonable steps of ensuring the child's safety. Now, this occurs informally without formal supervision. Now, a lot of people are like, is this rehoming actually legal in the U.S.? Technically, yeah, it is. Rehoming a child, an adopted child is legal. Now, this is rehoming an adopted child. Why is rehoming an adopted child legal, but rehoming your own child isn't? And how does all of this work if you rehome your own child? Are there penalties? Is there some way that parents can work around that system? These are my questions, and you can see how this might pertain to things that are actively going on in the news today. Rehoming of a child. So much like if a parent of a biological child couldn't take care of a child, they could legally grant guardianship to another family. Child Protective Services only steps in if they suspect maltreatment of that child. Reuters performed an investigation again in 2013 that kind of showed that this is all a horrible, horrible thing. This is not good. There are problems in that system. Basically, if you go to and you go watch the episode of Web of Lies in, in its season four, it's called Child Network. And it's season four, episode five. And it shows basically you have to go through and you go online and you perform this checklist and you have somebody else say, okay, they're checking you out and they're checking you off. But it's all done online. So this person comes through and they say this and they check you off and that's how it happens. And then this other thing, I believe it even has to be notarized, but don't take me 100% off of that. That's it. Somebody else drops the child off to you. End of story. You've got this child. In Web of Lies, that's what happened. Ended up happening to two children. They promised there was not a sexual predator in the home. But guess what? They lied. And this person who took that child, basically took this child as for her boyfriend, who was a sexual predator, to basically have a supply of someone to abuse in the home. Guys, this has got to change. Also, if you go to Krista's 
TikTok uh, takes you to her link tree. She has other petitions out there. And um, now we are getting into some really sticky information. Because unregulated custody transfer and rehoming of adopted children has a lot of risk for the children. And a few of the things that have popped up as possible dangers for the child. And of course, the one thing that gets my true crime law enforcement brain ticking is, okay, they talk about does the person have physical custody or legal authority over the child? So there, there's first question of, is the child adopted? So they talk about, you know, determining if there's a temporary arrangement. Is there, you know, there's, is there that paperwork? Or is there guardianship and then that paperwork? You know, making sure that they have the appropriate paperwork. And I, I, I've been trying to just making sure making sure they have the appropriate paperwork just makes me crazy and just dealing with children children these are little humans it just drives me batty we're talking about these little humans they they talk about the appropriate paperwork but then i start thinking cuz a lot of them are from other countries does this person even have the rightful authority over this child. How do you determine that? Is this child actually missing from who they're supposed to be with? Are these documents forged? Are they this? I mean, so many issues I have with that. But let's talk about the risk of harm to this tiny human, this small human being. The children from this, and this is from the tip sheet that they have out there. And we're going to put this on our social media as well. They talk about how most adopted children are already vulnerable. They've experienced trauma. I mean, they've been separated God knows how many times. They've gone through so much loss. Their lives have been disrupted who knows how many times different homes, who knows what type of trauma they've been through. And now they're going off to who knows what. And then these children are not unilaterally placed with families who completed child welfare and criminal background checks. So that's terrifying. They haven't gotten the appropriate clearance at times. And then the social services and courts, they're not notified about these placements. And then they're already backlogged. How many cases have we talked about where Department of Children's Services haven't even been checking up on the cases they do have? And now you're talking about cases they don't even know about? Are you flipping kidding me? And then the lack of appropriate placement. Children may experience neglect of their medical development, 
emotional, educational, physical, sexual, or emotional abuse. They might be in an unsafe environment. They might be exposed to unsafe adults or other unsafe youths in the home, or they might be put in an isolated place. And there are cases of that. They're sent off to an isolated home. The new caretakers often have no legal responsibility for the child. That's placed in their home. The child is at risk for additional unregulated moves, so they get moved again and again and again. Their medical care falls through the cracks. I mean, this is just insanity. And so I just, you look at what's going on right now with Athena Brownfield. And, you know, people are asking so many questions. And let's just stop and allow law enforcement to handle the case and to find those answers. But what we can do is let's look at what these other issues are in children that are just I'm sorry, I'm at a loss. These children who are placed with people who don't have these little humans who are put with people who are on TikTok going off on vacations and doing stuff or who aren't on TikTok and aren't doing anything, but they could care less about the tiny humans they're charged with. And the fact that there is a Facebook marketplace that is talking about these beautiful little humans as if they're livestock. That's horrific, that's horrifying, and it needs to stop. So, please, join Krista at Carpuzzi. She has, she's, was adopted. She's, she's knowledgeable on the subject. Mine has just been learning from her. It's been doing my own research. I am in no way, shape, or form as knowledgeable on these subject matters. Again, I apologize. This was one that was on the go, on the fly, but I believe this was pertinent to the situation at hand. And we're going to have the petition. We're going to have links. We're going to have the tip page. And rather than just saying the who's and just trying to dox all of these people. Let's try to get at these problems and let's try to help these other children. Let's try to stop more victims out there. So thank you guys. I really appreciate you taking the time. And I am so sorry about the dogs. Again, I want to repeat, those are not my dogs. Those are not my dogs. My dogs will not do that. And 
I know you guys have seen me become rather emotional lately about some of the inappropriateness going on in the true crime world. Um, I've always been of the mindset that when you see bad things going on, you have to respond. Um, I've always been the person that when I saw somebody picking on somebody, I jumped in the middle of it, didn't matter who it was. I probably got into a lot more scrapes than I ever should have. Um, I got into a lot more stuff than I ever should have in my life, but I was always the one jumping into the middle of everything all the time. And I know sometimes it's just better, but I believe that if we don't agree with what some other true crime podcast or true crime bloggers or other people that are speaking out in true crime, if they are doing something that does not set an appropriate standard by also being in true crime, it, it, it sets the standard for all of us. And if it, if we just turn the eye, then we're saying we agree. And I don't agree with what you're doing. When you say things like, oh, I'm befriending the boyfriend of the person that's in jail so I can get information on the case. I, I, I just think that's skeevy and I think that's wrong. And I, I don't like it. I think that's something, if it's an active investigation, you leave it to the investigators. I think the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation is doing a magnificent job. Um, and if you hear that, I have got to go. So thank you guys so much for listening and stay safe.